your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to the hump day, week middle. If we had this day off, it'd be great. Just start doing that. <laughs> welcome to Wednesday of Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom. If you want to get in here, the cell phone number? No, the, the talk and text line. I don't know why I said cell phone. The talk and text line is 608 785 7914. And I'm doing that right now. I was doing stuff right up to, right up to the the buzzer here. The 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 sounder guy. You have something to complain about? So yeah, if you do, if you have something to complain about, I mean, we could complain about what the uh, state legislature. Not so much what they're doing right now. I guess a couple of these things are a little seem a little off. Focus, uh, out of focus. Not that, that doesn't really have any bearing one way or the other um the uh the rush limbo limbo resolution uh, that seems to be a, a very weird thing to first of all uh, what are we doing and then we're gonna we're gonna fight about it and the whole premise here is that in and in, in whether or not you like rush limbaugh or not uh the the idea that we're gonna have a, a resolution in our state about him and uh, we're gonna we're gonna pass a, a resolution for that, but we're not going to pass a resolution for recognizing uh, Black History Month. So it's just like we're we're finding re- really weird ways to divide um, our state government and then our state, right? Like if you you can get in here, and you're like, what? You don't agree that our state le- legislature shouldn't, you know? approve a resolution honoring Rush Limbaugh in some way? I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, is Rush Limbaugh from Wisconsin? But then are these people that we want to, you know, prop up that have to do with Black History Month, are they from Wisconsin? Are they people that, should we even be doing that as a government? Could we just focus on, you know, passing some bills? The resolution passed the Assembly 5635, um, Let's see. I could see the exact wording here. Uh, I don't have it in front of me, but just it's just these ways that these little tricky ways of playing politics. I guess I'm learning about right. And we're all maybe kind of learning as I think the the, the last eight years we talked about this uh, with somebody. Who did we talk about it with? Maybe Vicky. It might have been Vicky. Or it might have been Mayor Cabot. It might have been somebody else. It wasn't either of those people. I don't think. Maybe it was Vicky Markson last week. The idea that this this mayoral race this year is a lot different than maybe what Tim Cabot went through his first time being elected eight years ago, because the second time he ran unopposed. I'm sure that was. I mean, whatever whatever ways we can read and tweet and post on Facebook and Instagram Live and uh, whatever ways we could do that four years ago, Tim Cabot didn't really have to utilize any of that. He ran unopposed which is kind of crazy to think about. Like, should there ever be a, a place where we're running unopposed? We have one city council race sort of unopposed, uh, though there is a candidate running a write-in candidate, you know, having a write-in candidacy, I should say. Um, but, you know, as there we have we have seven, I think we have seven races. I always forget the number. Six or seven. I think it's seven. I got it right here. District 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, and 13. So we have seven races, right? That's seven. Um, for city council, six of them 
have two candidates. One is an unopposed District 9. Chris Woodard's running unopposed. There's a writing candidate. So th- there's a writing campaign going on there. And their name I forget off the top of my head. So sorry. <laughs> You're probably not going to win if that's the case too, right? Because uh, citywide citywide race and you really have to get the, the Casey KO. That's their name. That's their name. Um, so, yeah. What was I saying? <laughs> But but the idea eight years ago when Tim Cabo was running for office, there I don't think we use Facebook the way we do now. I don't think we used uh, even Instagram. Instagram has become pretty good. Uh, Instagram might be even the worst of the situations because it's basically only memes. I mean, you could share some videos there and, and write out a lot of a lot of videos have uh, video in the background and and some wording over the overlaying the video, which is kind of annoying because I'm like I could read this in 30 seconds, but you're making me watch a five minute video. Um, but Instagram might be the worst because we're just all memes there. And memes are, like I say, all the time a detriment to society. Uh, Facebook is pretty good at that. You're like, oh, look at this meme. I'm going to be really outraged about the f- 14 words or the, the one paragraph thing on an issue that's super complicated. But, you know, this thing right here, and whether it's true or not, I don't know, but it looks pretty awful in a meme in, uh, you know, in one paragraph form with no other context, no other no other link. So in Instagram, you can't. There's not even a link where you could go. A, a lot of the time, there's a couple more steps to get to a link, or you just have to search for yourself. Um, at least on Facebook, if you share a meme, you could actually share where you're getting this information if you wanted to, and on Twitter as well. But um, okay, so yeah, off on a tangent. So this mayoral race is is you know going to be going to have a lot to do with social media and you can see that if you follow the two candidates Vicky Markson and Mitch Reynolds and I said Mitch Reynolds is going to join us today I said that yesterday Mitch Reynolds is actually doing a debate right now I believe or a forum uh with lacrosse county criminal justice management I believe that's the 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 name and they're doing that right now so you know it'd be hard for him to uh do both at the same time and so he's going to join us tomorrow and I just kicked everyone off my show that was going to come on tomorrow and I'm uh, going to see if they can come on the next day. So, uh, yeah, if you but, – but what we're doing here with the – you know, at the state level, we're passing resolutions for one thing or the other, which just aren't they're, – they're not interesting at all. I mean, yay, I'm, you know, for, for supporters of Rush Limbaugh and supporters of Republicans, they can clap and go, yay, that's so great. I'm glad you're honoring him. Um, but you're just excluding the other – you know, the, anyone who is not a supporter of Republicans or Rush Limbaugh or anything that he's done. And then on the flip side, uh, Democrats want to support Black History Month and maybe certain people I don't in the story doesn't have exactly the, the people exactly. But maybe the, the guy in Kenosha that got shot seven times by a police officer in the back. Right. Like maybe they want to honor him as part of Black History Month. And you're like, well, he's not the greatest character. We don't really want to honor him. Um, so, you know, anyone that's not supportive of Democrats or uh, honoring that guy as part of black, the idea that we can't honor black history month is kind of weird, but like individuals, I, I get it. There's, you know, certain places there. I think we could draw the line. And if you want to pick inter- individuals, which I think is what Republicans were saying as their defense for not honoring a resolution, recognizing February's black history month, uh, you could go there. There's a little bit of difference in, in terms of, of, of who and what, but, uh, yeah, so we're just, uh, it's just, uh, politics, right? We're just playing politics, trying to divide, divide everybody we're trying to get you pointing at me and me pointing at you and and uh i'm only going to stick to uh you know my side my d or my r and and that's where 
and and anyone else is going to have to pick a side and that because those are only only two options as well so that's kind of annoying as well uh but yeah and then the mayoral race you, you know you if you watch if you're paying attention to a lot of debates kind of reading about them at least uh there are there are little instances where you're trying to figure out who's on what side uh and what stance they take, who they contributed to in the past, stuff like that, uh, in, in a nonpartisan race. So it's a little different. You're like, oh, look, can we keep it nonpartisan? Well, I, I got to know. I got to know who you voted for. I got to know who your family voted for. I got to know who you support, you know, politically uh, before I could decide because that's the only thing that I'm going to use to decide this race. Uh, Eric Jaspar is calling in. Eric, go ahead. You're on the air. Yeah. First of all, <clears throat> Black History Month's over. Number two, I think honoring Rush Limbaugh is a great thing, and I think I uh, I love love Limbaugh, and I love uh, uh, Senator uh, uh, from the guy they're trying to bash all the time, my senator anyway, and Ron uh, Johnson, right? Exactly. And another thing is uh, is uh, <clears throat> Mitch Reynolds. Is he woke enough to come on here? Does he know? Does he know who Casey Casey Kale is? Is he is he going to vote for her for the city council? You know, she supports all the queer people. Anyway, i got to go to break. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914. I said that really fast. 608-785-7914. Get out of here, Stone Temple Pilots. That's the talking text line if you want to call in. And yeah, yeah, libertarian guy I'm talking about, Eric. Uh, a couple of people texted in. Uh, a little upset. I probably should have dumped that. I I I probably should have dumped what Eric said there. Um, and then he tried to call back, and he probably won't be uh, on the show for a while. So this week, we'll do a we'll do a little ban of Eric from Sparta after that comment. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. Okay, so there's a lot of news <laughs> statewide. I the, the, in this really, I don't I don't care if the the legislature wants to pass a whole bunch of bills and and work on uh, a lot of these bills. It's great. Like we're passing some legislation now, but but it is really weird, right? That that our our state legislature in the midst of a pandemic just just went. We went almost ten months. I want to say I want to say it was like nine months and twenty some days. It was. April 16th. So if you go back, April 16th, Governor Tony Evers signed COVID relief. April 16th of 2020. <laughs> so not next day. So I guess that's pretty obvious if it was April. I mean, if it was before that. And then we went until February 5th before the Senate and the Assembly got together. The Republicans control both. They got together and said, hey, this is some legislation we can both agree on. And they passed legislation, which Governor Evers vetoed. And that's when we got into the whole um, federal funding for food stamps. And if we, I think the mask mandate repeal, I think that was it, right? Was that it? We tried, no, that was a resolution. Um, I forget what it was, but it, it was right around that time when we were, I think the that we were pitting our government against each other, and and we're trying to pass a bill. We're going to repeal the mask mandate, which Evers invoked, reinvoked, uh, like a couple hours later. Uh, but when we repealed it, then because we're not doing anything to battle COVID, we were going to lose a lot of federal funding for food stamps and stuff like that. 
So it was, but February 5th is the first time uh, Republicans that control the legislature, both the state and the assembly got together and went, yeah, we'll pass a bill. And then it wasn't for, I think, another couple of weeks uh, before they actually passed a bill that Governor Evers did sign. And, uh, but April 16th to, to mid, the mid-February. So we went from mid-April to mid-February without passing a single thing. We, we met in session a couple of times, two times. For 30 seconds each, because we gaveled in and gaveled out. We talked to Steve Doyle about one of those uh, gaveling, gavel out meetings, uh, and he he kind of broke down what what the first one was for policing matters. It wasn't, and and I had the idea of like banning no knock warrants and chokeholds and stuff like that, and whether or not you agree with the fact that police should be able to do those things or not. They gaveled in and out of the media, the special session called by Evers uh, weeks before that. And they gaveled in and out of that in 30 seconds or under a minute, however you want to put it. And that was it. They, we, but we could, we could go and we could go and talk about it. We could go debate it, right? But they didn't even do that. They're just like, well, we're going to ignore it because you know we don't want to talk. We, it's the middle of a pandemic. We shouldn't be doing anything. Uh, it's just funny now. There's all kinds of bills flying off, uh, and and uh, and resolutions too. Resolutions to honor Rush Limbaugh, uh, ignore. Black History Month, but uh, there's one on braiding hair today. But I want to get to the phones here. Uh, who is this? Oh yes, I was wondering if Mitch Reynolds is going to be on today. He, oh, I said earlier he he's doing a debate. Literally right now, he kind of forgot that, and uh, he's going to be on tomorrow. Oh, at, at night or in the morning? He'll be on tomorrow with me for for most of the show. Okay, what about um, the district member, uh, council members? And I was wondering if they're if you're going to be interviewing them and also the school board members. I will probably bring some city council people on. Um, it's it's just a matter of if I get one, I got to get the other. I've had Doug and I've had Doug Happel on, and I I actually had Keontae Turner on last week, but we didn't really talk about city council stuff. But um, yeah, I will try to bring uh, uh, quite a few of those on. I guess yeah, we're running out of time, I suppose, aren't we? Right. Yeah, that, thanks. Yeah, I, yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, that'll, that's on the docket. Uh, probably, probably two weeks from now, or ne- sometime next week. Uh, some of us have to mail in our ballots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Vicky Markison will be on. She should be on next Wednesday, and we're having a debate here at six thirty p.m. on Tuesday between the two candidates. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no problem. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, bringing those city council members on. It, it, really probably should start ramping that up and just forget about everything else. But there's there, you know, sometimes that's, it might be like city of lacrosse overkill for, for people that aren't involved, but uh, what can you do? Uh, okay. So I'm trying to, re- sorry, I'm reading a text and then I'm not talking. That's not good radio. Um, anyway. So yeah, we're, we, we have a debate 6 30 PM Tuesday, uh, Anthony Tregoski, myself, Caitlin, Caitlin Riley, Brad Williams, Scott Robert Shaw, I'll be part of that. It's going to be upstairs here in 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 the uh, what we call the sound lounge, and uh, it'll be online. So no crowds, just just us in one section of the this big area we have, and then the two candidates up on our stage. And um, yeah, and I, I've I've put out a put out some some feelers to see if I can get some questions from, from some of our, our leaders around town too, to, to see what they, if they have any input on, on what to ask uh, uh, Mitch and Vicki as we get, you know, under a month here before we vote and early voting's already started as uh, William Garcia informed us yesterday. I just figured that in-person early voting meant uh, regular early voting, but I guess I was wrong there. You can, 
Today is actually the last day to register to vote online if you want to do that. You can't vote. You can't register to vote by mail anymore because the mail's done for the day. But you can register to vote online, and then uh, early voting in person starts Tuesday, the same day of our debate. Number three, go ahead. You're on the air, man. How's it going there, guy? Pretty good. Pretty good. You're shooting her from the hip tonight. Yeah, well, Mitch bailed on me, so, you know, he's got uh, that. He'll do that to you once in a while. Who needs enemies when you got guys like Mitch, right? Yeah, yeah right. Okay. Anyway, tell me more about this hair braiding thing. That sounds pretty interesting in Madison. Yeah, it's it's actually, it's not even though, it's not, it sounds really funny. Uh, when, when I looked at it, I was like, okay, and then you read about it a little bit. I'm, let me find Let me find the link, because I just... Uh, there's so many things going on today that you, I just get little. I'm getting little snippets of everything. Yeah, uh, you you're, you got a lot of stuff to cover here, but we'll bear with you. No, that's fine. It's just, it's just the idea here is that uh, I I, I want to say there were regulations on people being able to braid hair. <laughs> and okay. It was, and I'll just read the story. It's real quick. The Wisconsin Assembly overwhelmingly approved a bipartisan bill today that would allow people to braid hair without a barber or cosmetology license. Okay. So uh, braiding hair, probably not something you and I are worried about, but you know what? There's uh, there's other people trying to make a living by braiding hair, and why would you need a license to do that? You don't even need any equipment, right? Like, you just need your hands. Do you need a license to use your hands? I should think of something like underwater basket weaving 101, right? Well, if you're underwater, you probably need some scuba gear. There would probably be needed to be some regulations there. If I'm uh, I'm renting you some scuba gear, I probably need to have it regulated to make sure that it's giving you oxygen or something. Unless anyway, you're holding your breath. We got that taken care of. And then uh, try to have Rod Abraham on. He's always a good talker. He's got a lot of good things to listen to. He's got, yeah. <laughs> Rod, yeah, Rob running for, for school board. We talked about him yeah. a little bit yesterday. I don't know if you, okay, you were well, listening. Okay, put him on again because he's, he's a smart boy. Oh, we talked behind his back, though, yesterday on the air. Well, be careful because <laughs> he's got real bullets in his gun. <laughs> yeah, all right. Thanks for the call. Um yeah, there's. Uh, I mean, it is funny. Rob didn't message me, didn't text me yesterday, but when I was, I did a whole show on. I think it was, it was kind of. I think it was Biden's inauguration, and I just thought, you know what, I'm going to do a show on parking, uh, because I, I think Rob presented to one of the committees uh, some parking measures. I think there were ten of them, and so I broke down all ten because we can all relate to parking, and I, I definitely could talk about parking all the time. But I just, you know, like, well, hey, why don't we throw out all these ten? And just have a parking free for all. I mean, the wild, wild west of parking. You just put your horse where you want. Uh, um, but and then Rob texts me later later in the day, and he goes, "I heard you were talking about me." And he's like, "I worked hard on that." And just he kind of in, in a joking way, but it was kind of funny. But he he didn't actually listen to the show. He somebody was tattling on me, so they were tattling. And we've seen that in social media a little bit too. These uh, some of these people in Facebook groups uh, getting getting people's private Facebook screenshotting them and, and then essentially tattling on them. Uh, like the, the police union did this the other day to somebody on a subcommittee. And then they deleted it because uh, when the mayor and the and the police chief call you out and kind of make a point to to say, don't do that. Uh, but yeah, this hair braiding thing too. So I, I just, it, it, it sounds funny, right? Like the assembly had to take a measure to essentially uh, let people you know, run a business of braiding hair without a cosmetology or barber license, right? seems, okay, this is where a libertarian guy is probably, like, on top of the mountain singing today because of something like this, because, like, government, like, and we can, I feel like we we can't all agree because uh, the idea that the government needs to regulate who can, you know, charge others, run a business of braiding hair. Um, but it didn't 
pass unanimously. It passed the assembly 88 to 5. So, and I haven't looked up who the five are. Maybe it's Steve Doyle. Maybe it's Joe Bellings. I highly doubt it. Um, but yeah, so it's going to go to the Senate. But 88 to 5. So five people out there in our state were like, no, we need regulations on people braiding, <laughs> braiding hair. And uh, part of this part of this deal is uh, people arguing for this. Uh, the cosmetology schools don't don't teach braiding hair, and braiding hair isn't a public threat or a threat to public safety, I should say, since it doesn't use heat or chemicals. I'll tell you this: that's about as as far as I could go on braiding. I think I can do the braiding hair thing. I remember learning that in high school at some point. You know, one of them parties where you're trying to flirt with a girl and she's. She's like teaching you how to, you know, the three, the three ponytails essentially, and one into the other. I know that as far as I, that's as far as I'd ever get though, because at the end I'd be like, well, now what? Do I need a scrunchie? Do I tie a knot here, like a bow knot? What happens? Uh, I could only get so far when it comes to, and I think that's that's braiding hair, right? Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four is the talking text slide. All right, Scott's comment coming up. Brad's got to do the news. We'll be back after this. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talking text line. Talking about kind of a slew of things as uh, another slew of things are, are circulating through the Wisconsin State Legislature today and the past couple of days. And, I, you know, kind of like to reemphasize the point that our state legislature went almost 10 months without doing a single thing in our government, without passing legislation, without they met twice for about 30 seconds gaveled in and out of ignoring special sessions called by Governor Tony Evers over uh, one was police matters, banning chokeholds, and uh, what was the other one? Uh, another easy one to just, uh, no-knock no warrants, right? And then the other one was updating the Wisconsin unemployment system. So, you know, we can't get in the legislature and, and, and discuss that. We can't do that in session. we got to gavel out of that. Uh, so, yeah, 10 months. Now, now we see all kinds of things. And, and one of them I haven't even gotten to is the uh, – the roadies to go, I like to say, but cocktails to go. Uh, the idea that bars and, and 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 restaurants or whatever can can send sell you alcohol that you can take home with you along with your meal, right? Uh, not a big deal, you know. We're passing we're passing that now. We're we're discussing passing that now. Now, March seventeenth. I mean, a year ago it would have been a great idea. Now, uh, well, what's our state legislature doing? Uh, Tim's calling in. Tim, go ahead. You're on the air, man. Hey, Rick. Uh, I just had a few comments on uh, some of the uh, past callers, uh, one being Eric and the ignorance uh, that this guy spews on the radio. Uh, First of all, um, I I was out in Washington, D.C. years ago for quite a while, and Rush Limbo's program was on. And at the end of every show... um, and I used to watch it religiously, uh, but it said this program is for entertainment purposes only. So I'm thinking to myself, well, what what does that mean? It's for entertainment purposes only. Hey Tim, Tim, we like so to I say started, we like to say porpoises, uh, entertainment porpoises, just for fun. Well, Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, I started I started checking the facts on that, and you know, it, they just didn't match up from from what he was saying. So now we have political out there that that checks facts from everybody, and Russia's were like zero to two percent of his facts were true. So you know, 
the other statement he said, oh, about his uh, Senator Ron Johnson. So now it comes out on the news today in this report that the the Trump um, presidency had that Devin Nunes received a package from the Russians, and Ron Johnson was also involved in this about uh, uh, stuff to spread as propaganda against the uh, current administration before he was elected. So, you know, you would think that before some people actually, you know, make comments, they they listen and, and find out the truth behind uh some of the statements that they make yeah the, the, the ron johnson man he can't he can't take he can't just he's got to be on in on every issue that's going on right now he's he's talking about he's even got a statement today on uh he's sharing a portland video uh of riots and protests and 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 you know he said a couple of statements before about uh the capital the capital riots or or insurrection w- wouldn't have been a it wasn't a big deal, uh, but if it would have been Black Lives Matter, Antifa, then he would have been scared. And and now he's now he's he's doubling, it's doubled and tripled down on these statements that that aren't great, aren't a great look for him. And I just I kind of wonder like what, what his thought process is behind all that stuff. Well, yeah, I I just don't understand the Republican Party anymore. I mean, I I, I voted Democrat, I voted Republican. You know, I don't pick uh, a candidate. And just say, okay, I'm a Democrat. I'm going to vote for him no matter what. I look at both sides of the fa- the facts and see, you know, who's the best person to pick. And what's happening in the re- Republican Party right now, especially with voter suppression in 43 states, they got what 250 some bills in there for voter suppression um, in in 43 different states right now on the legislation bills. Yeah. So I mean, I. I don't. I don't get it. And even even the Republicans, when they made a statement on on TV not too long ago, that um, if uh, if they don't do something, that they will never win another election. Yeah. Uh, thanks for the call, Tim. I, I think a couple of uh, different people have said. Even I think Donald Trump said it to to a degree at one point. If uh, just a, a, in, in terms of, of voter suppression or allowing people to vote and. Um, it's always if what's what's funny about what Tim said there, and he's you know I, I don't, I'm not trying to make fun of him, but he just said both sides of the facts. <laughs> it's just kind of that's where we're at. I think that's where we're at in society is uh, the both sides of the facts because uh, you know really if it's a fact, there's not two sides there. But I really appreciate the call, Tim. Thanks a lot. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. If anyone wants to get in here, um, yeah, as our assembly today, I'm trying to I have so many so many tabs open. Um, there's a if you want to talk about voter suppression, there's a there's a story out there today, and it's uh, businesses sue to end drop boxes and filling in ballots. A conservative business has filed a lawsuit with Wisconsin Supreme Court seeking to ban a host of election practices, including ballot drop boxes. So the idea here, I believe, uh, um, is it green? Is it red? I can't. I think it's it's just sitting outside of city hall, right? Like you want to put your ballot in in the drop box and there you go you can just it's that easy to vote and uh so we're gonna we're, we're trying to a, a conservative businessman i guess i said business conservative businessman uh jerry fabic uh filed a lawsuit with the wisconsin election commission on monday for this uh fabic wants to wants the court to stop municipalities from offering absentee ballot drop boxes 
bar clerks from filling in missing witness address information on absentee ballots and prohibit third parties from requesting or returning a ballot for another elector or practice known as ballot harvesting. So, uh, you know, dive deep into any of those, but the, the ballot drop boxes one seems pretty harmless to me. The other ones, I don't know. You could argue one way or the other on those, I think. Or I should say you could argue both sides of the facts on either of those bills, right? 608-785-7914. I wanna, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to pull up the, uh, the cocktails to go because I, I had it on my notes. My notes aren't loading. So, uh, But yeah, bars and restaurants. Uh, so this, is, this isn't passed yet, uh, I don't believe. We're debating this as of today. So this, this, this has begun today. So how long will the Wisconsin State Legislature debate the idea that bars and restaurants should be able to sell you drinks in to-go cups, so to speak? Uh, bars and restaurants could sell cocktails and glasses of wine to go under this state assembly bill. Uh, oh, this, the state assembly approved this today. Uh, bipartisan measure has been pushed by bar and restaurant owners since the pandemic began. Uh, me and Dr. Anthony Tregoski, the UW lacrosse political science professor, we we talked about this. We did a whole Friday show on this. Uh, we had a lot of fun, too, I think, talking about it. And if you want to get that, it's on the podcast. <laughs> if you go to uh, wisdomnews.com and just look under this show, Lacrosse Talk PM. Um, under the bill, any Class B alcohol license holder could sell mixed drinks and wine by the glass to go with tamper-evident seals. Um, so pretty, pretty... Pretty easy way to do that, right? Like, why hasn't this passed a year ago, literally? Uh, Wisconsin Grocers Association, the Wisconsin Public Health Association, only registered opponents of the measure. Uh, You could wonder why. Uh, Supporters include groups representing the state's tourism, hotel and lodging industries, bars and restaurants. You could wonder why that, too. Um, But the Assembly approved the bill on a voice vote with no debate. It goes to the state Senate. So it sounds like maybe this will fly right through. But why hasn't it fly? Why why didn't it fly through a, a year ago, nine months ago? Pick a pick a date and time. I mean, if you want to just go by COVID cases, should we just do that? Should we just go like when when the lockdown started in in the state? When the lockdown was ended? When uh, it was pretty evident that people weren't going to restaurants all that much? When should this have been approved? Because I mean, it's it's not too late to approve it, and it sounds like maybe this will get to Evers' desk by. Early next week? I'm just guessing. The way this stuff works, right? The assembly pass it, then the next day the Senate's got to pass it, then the next day the governor's got to sign it, and why it doesn't just, I don't understand why it just doesn't fly through in one day or at least two days. Same with the $1.9 trillion package we passed with the, whatever the bailout was called, uh, the Joe Biden package, if you want to, if you will. Uh, you know, the, the House or the Senate pattern, I don't remember which order it went because it might have went back and forth a little bit, but the House does it one day and they prayed it around, we signed it. Then the Senate, look at us, we signed a thing and it's passed. And then, you know, Joe Biden's got to take a lap signing it the next day. But it's like, hey, d- you know, like instead of parading around, why don't you all just sign it? Joe, why don't you just sign it? It's, they pass it at 3 this afternoon, like 3.30. Can you get it by 3.30? I mean, I don't like they run it down the road to Joe's desk. You got to fly to Vermont? What's going on? Uh, so, yeah, I don't really, I just don't understand why some of the stuff takes so long. And uh, we should really just be pissed at our Wisconsin state legislature for not doing, uh, literally not doing a thing uh, in terms of passing legislation or debating on anything or holding a session on a thing uh, for more than a minute 
uh, for the 10 months of the, uh, in the midst of the worst part of the pandemic. Hopefully the worst part of the pandemic is, if you didn't know today, if you didn't hear Brad during the news, uh, we had a variant in La Crosse County as well. So there's always that, the variant of the COVID-19 virus, which is going to be more contagious and possibly, I don't want to use the word deadly. I, she, the, the La Crosse County health nurse I talked to uh, today said it was maybe more something about disease, like more uh, just the kind of a variant of the disease it could commute, uh, pass along disease easier, something like that. I actually have the clip. I could play it, and, and maybe I'll do that. I, just, I have a lot of clips, so I just want to make sure I get the right one. But, uh, yeah, we have a variant now in La Crosse County, so I don't think that's going to be the worst unless the variant is immune to the vaccine, so to speak. I don't know if the terminology is right there, but you get what I'm saying. Um, but, you know, it's more contagious. It could be more, I don't want to say deadly. Uh, it could be more harmful. <laughs> we're, we're, they're still studying that. New virus, right? New variant. Uh, but the variant is like the UK variant. I think that's what they called it. It was found in um, in Wisconsin in January. So we haven't found it in La Crosse County till now. But uh, the one, one of the oddities here is we didn't, the, the county health department knew about it March 11th, um, but didn't tell us until today. And from what I could tell, Part of the reason why they didn't tell us till today is because the state of Wisconsin releases their, here's where we've found variants in the state tomorrow. So if they don't tell about us today, the state of Wisconsin is going to be on some list tomorrow, and then they're going to get questions. Hey, this ended up on the list. When did this happen? But uh, it, it, we did go six days without in, informing us, and I, I can get to that. Uh, uh, I'll just figure out which quote it is. I got them. I got just a bunch of quotes here, so I'll play that in a minute. But we'll be back. Uh, take a quick break so I can sort that out. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. I talked with Jackie Cuts, Jacqueline Cuts. Uh, she's the, let me get it. Do I have it wrote down? I probably don't have it wrote down. Uh, she works with the Lacrosse County Health Department, and I do have it wrote down. And just talked to her about these, this COVID-19 variant. And here we go. She's the nursing manager with the La Crosse County Health Department. I wanted to get that right. Uh, and, and just the idea that we went six days, right, without without discussing or without just saying, hey, there's a variant. It's the UK variant. Um, we're, we're gathering information, but just wanted to let everyone know it's out there. Just be careful. Uh, we don't change up our, our what we do. Because there's a variant in town, we don't change anything we do. It's just the fact that there is one. Uh, number three is calling back in, though. Number three, go ahead. Uh, I was wondering if the next time you have the two people running for mayor, if you could see what they think about a sanctuary city for lacrosse. I haven't heard that topic brought up for a while. Okay. Um, yeah. And defunding the lacrosse police department. Yeah, Those that, I mean. Good that, question. All right. Yeah, I'll, I'll think about it. Think about the uh, phrasing there, but. Um, all right, so this this variant, I got two quick clips here. So I want to play what what Jackie had to say. Just the idea that March 11th, the the county became known of a the UK variant, uh, it's like B117, something like that, um, and and why today they they brought it up. So here's the first of those two clips. It'll help if I turn the volume on. Hold up, I got to rewind. Rewinding, got to hit rewind on the tape deck. All right, here we go. Well, we, we really wanted to have information to share. It, if, if all I say to someone is we found a variant, 
it doesn't really give a whole lot of information about well, where did it come from? How widespread is it? Were there a lot of people who were exposed? It's better from our perspective to have information to share. So now I can say that individual isn't sure where they came into contact with the virus, but there was only one close contact from that case, and that person had already been fully vaccinated. The individual has recovered really well. Symptoms are going away, and the person who had been vaccinated and was exposed did not go on to develop any symptoms. Um, So those things, I think, are really positive and something that we can share because we completed that investigation. So didn't didn't want to share it right away because they weren't exactly maybe not sure where the, the virus had had come from. They wanted to investigate a little bit, uh, but also, you know, hey, it's out there and then do the investigation. Maybe give everyone a little heads up. It's out there, but, you know, we're still social distance, mask, wash hands, all that. That's how you get rid of it. That's how you keep keep it from spreading more. But um, nope, they, they had to wait. So this is more. I just followed up with her on on the idea of waiting six days couple reasons for that. So the the state of Wisconsin updates data on the variants once a week. So last week we discovered it or we were notified about it on Thursday the 11th. uh, And we know that tomorrow the state will put that out there that like the new number of cases that have the B117 variant, they will publish that new number every Thursday. And when asked, they will provide a list of counties. And we wanted to make sure that we were sharing that information with the public Um, ahead of time and kind of keeping them in the loop. Uh, We also needed time to complete an investigation to understand um, in terms of that person and where the infection might have come from, what their close contacts look like to really understand the full gamut of that case. And that takes a little bit of time. So those two things put together meant that we were notified on the 11th in the afternoon, communicated with the state, took the time to go through and followed that case and did contact tracing and then wanted to share that information with the public as soon as we had enough information to share. That's Jacqueline Cutts. She's the nursing manager at the La Crosse County Health Department. Talked to her today a little bit about variants. I'm going to talk to uh, a Mayo doctor, I think either about variants or about sports injuries on Monday. I'm not exactly sure. Dr. Uh, Jacob Erickson. So I, I haven't looked him up yet. I'm just kind of bouncing uh, around with the guys at Mayo on who who and what to talk about. Uh, and I, it was funny, too. I did get a, a phone call on my cell phone during the show. Uh, I'm kind of wondering if it was uh, for my car warranty. Does anyone get these? Like once a day, your car warranty? Uh, it was really funny when my car was a 2007 Grand Prix with 245,000 miles on it. And at one point, I just couldn't drive it anymore because the bottom rusted out and the, the, essentially the wheels are going to fall off. Uh, but I, they, 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 right before that happened, they did call about my car warranty. And I was like, yeah, I would love to, to re-up my you know, 13-year-old car warranty and get that, get that squared away because it is becoming a bit of a nuisance. And uh, they hung up on me. That's what happened there. All right, Mitch Reynolds is coming on tomorrow, so we'll have some fun then. Uh, We'll be back. Thanks a lot for listening.